Welcome to the Private School Leader Podcast, where private school leaders learn how to thrive and not just survive as they serve and lead their schools. I'm your host, Mark Minkus. I wanted to start today's episode by telling you about one of the strangest things to happen to me during my career. During the first 21 years of my career, I was the head of school at a Christian school, K-12 Christian school. And then since June of 2012, I've been the head of intermediate and middle school at a pre-K through eighth grade Jewish day school. And so this is about what happened on the first few minutes of my first day on the job at my current school. And so the date was Monday, June 4th, 2012. And on that morning, I pulled into the parking lot and something very, very strange was happening in the parking lot. I'm pulling in, I'm the new head of middle school, and all three of the middle school grades were getting on buses and leaving for their year-end trips. And so in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, they have overnight trips, and it just so happened that that was the day they were all leaving, and so it just was very strange that here's the new head of middle school pulling into the parking lot and the entire middle school and middle school, most of the middle school teachers are leaving the parking lot at the same time. And so I thought, well, that's not a great omen. Um, However, um, it's worked out very well and things are going very well. And it was just had a kind of auspicious start on June 4th, 2012. But what I wanted to say about that specific week, I had the good fortune, the blessing of being able to be there at school during the last week of school prior to me starting in the fall. And so I was able to work things out to start um, at the beginning of June. And for those of you who are or have been at some point, everyone has been a new leader at, um, at their school, that if you were at a new school that you hadn't been to before, you probably started during the summer, and then in August, end of August, when the teachers came in, that was kind of your first opportunity to talk to the teachers. And I feel like the fact that I had that week at school while there were still teachers there, that that helped to set me up for success in a big way at my current school. And so what I did during that week is, is that I met with each of the teachers who I would be supervising the next year. And I asked them a lot of questions and I had my little notebook and that notebook was one of the most valuable things to me because everything was gold. I asked them, you know, what do you love about working here and what's the most frustrating thing? What are you looking for in a leader? Um, What are some of your pain points? You know, just lots of questions and took all those notes. And then I had summer to create clear expectations and get ready for that first day of in-service at the end of August. And I came up with a document that was called Six Things You Can Expect From Me and Six Things I Expect From You. And I'm going to share that with you in a little bit, but really what I want to talk about on today's episode is why having clear expectations for your teachers is way more important than you think. Clear expectations change everything. And we're going to dive into that on today's episode. But before we get into that, I wanted to remind you and let you know that I've created a free gift for you called the top six ways to protect your school from a lawsuit. 
And this is an eight page PDF and it will help keep your staff and students safe and help keep your school out of court. I know just thinking about dealing with a lawsuit and the lawsuits in the past that I've dealt with kind of sends a chill down my spine, but litigation we know is expensive and time consuming and stressful. And so I hope that this guide has a lot of common sense and some strategies that can help protect your school. So you can grab that over at the privateschoolyear.com slash lawsuit. Again, that's the six ways to protect your school from a lawsuit. And you can get that at the privateschoolyear.com slash lawsuit as a thank you for listening to the podcast. So I want to jump into this topic of clear expectations for our teachers by quoting our director of operations. And he has a saying, it's only three words long, and he says it probably way more than twice a week, but I hear it at least twice a week. And he says, expectations and accountability, expectations and accountability. And our jobs are pretty complex, let's face it. The parents, the staff, the budget, enrollment, recruitment, retention, transportation, sports, the spring musical, dress code, the handbooks, HR stuff, you name it, the list goes on and on and on that our jobs are very complex. We have many stakeholders, usually with competing priorities, and all of those things intersect at the feet of the private school leader. But if you want to take a a complex job and make it somewhat simple, just start quoting that in your brain expectations and accountability, expectations and accountability. So if there are clear expectations, then we can hold our teachers accountable. And I know that it's not that easy, but I just wanted to kind of paint that picture for you. And let's face it, leading, it involves a lot of emotional intelligence. Um, But being a leader and being a manager are kind of two different things. And leading, like I said, emotional intelligence is what immediately comes to mind and charisma and, and wisdom and, and kind of just your leadership style. But when it comes to supervision or management, I think that that's more tactical. And so we're going to reduce the complexity of our leadership by trying to make clear expectations and then holding people accountable. And so I wanted to just even make that point, hopefully, a little more clear by saying that in 2015, Gallup did a survey and they reviewed, that survey revealed that 50% of workers did not know what was required of them in their place of employment. Now, I about fell off my chair when I saw that, but I guess the more I think about it, it makes sense. 50% of workers said that they did not know what was required of them in their place of employment. Now, I'm sure they know some of the things, but when it comes to clear expectations, that means that half of all employees are arriving to work each day and sort of just hoping they're doing the right thing, crossing their fingers, working, and then hoping they don't get dinged by their manager on, well, you shouldn't have done that. And then it's like, well, how was I supposed to know that? And, you know, you've heard those kinds of conversations before. And so we're going to fix that at our schools. And I just challenge you to think about if it's 50-50 with your teachers and staff, which 50% do they fall into? Do they fall into the 50% of workers who know exactly what they're supposed to do? 
clear expectations or is it a lot more gray than that? Is it that they're kind of sure, but not really sure? Or let's take this. I know what you're thinking. You're like, well, of course, they're going to come in. They have their schedule. They're going to teach their classes. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. Of course, they know what to do. But what about communication expectations or about uh, super specific as far as arrival and departure time and other policies and about staff dress code and just a lot of things that just are adjacent to the actual teaching in the classroom and then take it a step further in the classroom. Well, what about differentiation? What about classroom management? What is the expectation? Well, is it just all assumed? Because assumed expectations are unclear expectations. So we're going to inject this conversation with lots and lots of clarity. But I want to just take a couple of minutes and talk about two things before we get into the example that I gave earlier about what I did with my staff in August of 2012. And I want to talk for a few minutes about, number one, why are clear expectations so important? And number two, how to effectively communicate clear expectations. So, Why are clear expectations so important? Well, I think that, again, it's a no-brainer, but I'll say it anyways, it reduces confusion and miscommunication. So clarity gets everyone on the same page. A lack of clarity causes people to assume things about their job, assume things about what you want from them, but clear expectations reduces confusion and miscommunication. Okay, number two, it increases employee engagement. A truly engaged employee feels confident about their role in the company and they know what is expected of them at every step of a project or task. So that was a quote from a blog um, on Business News Daily. I'll read it again. A truly engaged employee feels confident about their role in the company and they know what is expected of them at every step of a project or task. And again, I just caution all of us against using generalized language like, of course, my teachers know what to do. They do know what to do in a lot of areas, but we're talking about making sure that they know what to do with all of the expectations that you have for them. All right. So why are clear expectations so important? Number one, reduces confusion and miscommunication. Number two, increases employee engagement. And number three, increases productivity. So I know that productivity is hard to measure in a independent school because they taught their lessons. They did a great job with differentiation that your teachers were providing social and emotional support for that child that's parents are going through a divorce and they're rocking it. But that's kind of hard to measure. Whereas in other businesses, it's sales or it's market share or it's units uh, manufactured. And so it does increase productivity, but I will admit that that's a little bit hard to measure in our schools. Um, number four is improved morale. We're always looking for ways to improve morale. And I think that we undersell how clear expectations are so important in improving morale because it reduces that frustration. And then number five is more autonomy. If your teachers know what they're supposed to do, then you can just kind of let them go and do it. And that goes along with number six, which is less micromanagement from you. 
So if your teachers have clear expectations and autonomy and they know what to do and what's expected of them, then there's less need to micromanage them from the leader. And number seven, happier teachers. Um, the research shows that people at work that have clear expectations and know what they're supposed to do are happier at work. And also for you, clarity allows you to hold your teachers accountable. And that's a frustration in our schools when it comes to, well, you know, this teacher maybe needs to be on a performance improvement plan or they're a marginal teacher and I want to improve their, their, um, their teaching, their classroom management, whatever the case might be. Well, it's harder to do that and harder to hold them accountable. And if your school has contracts, it's harder to counsel somebody out or to um, do the things that you need to do to have your paper trail if that teacher is no longer able to fulfill their job responsibilities. How are you going to do that if the job responsibilities and the expectations are unclear? So clarity allows you to hold your teachers accountable. And then how are we going to teach these or communicate these effectively to our teachers? Well, I'm a big believer that we need to provide examples of why expectations are important. So again, I pulled this from a blog post on Business News Daily, and it talks about how if we offer concrete examples as to why you've set certain expectations and explain to your team how these expectations connect to the big picture goals of the company, that it'll increase the motivation to follow the expectations. So again, the why behind it. So for example, um, let's say that there's an expectation about punctuality. Of course, we want our teachers to be on time for school and we want them to be on time for their duties, for example. Well, we could just say you need to be on time or we could explain that being on time for work ensures that everything runs smoothly, that kids are safe, and that we're practicing uh, collegial courtesy. So you see the difference there? So another would be dress code. We could just tell them, well, you have to follow the staff dress code. It's in the employee handbook. Or we could explain that adhering to the dress code casts our school in a professional light for the parents and other stakeholders. And then finally, it could be that maybe one of your expectations is to display a positive attitude. And you could just say that you need to have a positive attitude. Or you could say that displaying a positive attitude at school helps you deal with stress and will keep morale up and um, just kind of explain the benefits of a positive attitude for the culture in your division or in your school. So we've talked about um, about the reason why clear expectations are so important. We've talked about uh, also how to communicate those expectations by explaining why they are important. And so now what I want to do is give you an example of, of some clear communications and also of how to communicate them. And so this takes us back again to August of 2012. And so I painted that picture for you before. Um, I had that week when I pulled into the parking lot on my first day of work at my current school and as the new head of middle school, I'm pulling in and all the middle school kids are leaving, but we got past that and I had that amazing opportunity to talk to the teachers during that week. And then we get to August of 2012, it's the first in-service at a new school, my first time with the staff, and I handed them a piece of paper 
and then we talked about it. And on that piece of paper, it said what you can expect from me and what I can expect from you or what I expect from you. And so just to give an example, and I'm not saying that you need to do this. I'll link the, I'll paste these into the show notes. I'm not saying that you need to do this. I'm just giving this as an example of how to make communicate, how to communicate clear expectations. And so I'll just go through this briefly. It says um, what you can expect from me. And again, I came up with these based on what the teachers communicated as far as frustration or pain points for them and things that I felt were strengths of mine that I could deliver on. And then also what I expect from you. Those had a lot to do with maybe some of the things that weren't going well uh, when I got there, but mostly had to do with things that I felt would make our school successful. And so what you can expect from me, integrity and honesty, number two, consistency, number three, sufficient, notice when things change, number four, autonomy with accountability, number five, supervision and coaching and encouragement, and number five, enthusiasm and a positive attitude. So those were things that the teachers expect from me. And then I said what I expect from you, excellent classroom management, high expectations for students and self, professionalism, number four, timely communication with parents, number six, a positive attitude, and number seven, pride in being a middle school teacher at this school. And so there's a couple things going on here. One is there's sort of a lesson within a lesson in this episode, and that is is that if you're going to be, let's say that you're a new uh, leader at a different school, or let's say that you're a leader at your same school, but you've moved from being a teacher to being a leader. And so you want to start off by, in my opinion, you want to start off by just painting the picture of what you can expect from me and what I expect from you. And so I want to kind of drill down into this a little bit and, and go from there. And so when there are clear expectations all the good things that we already mentioned before. But when I explained it to them and started with what they can expect from me. And if you're going to do this, when you meet with your staff, you can do it at any point during a school year. Let's say that you decide, you know what, whenever you're listening to this episode, um, you decide, you know what, at this point in the school year, I think that my teachers are in that 50% that kind of don't know exactly um, what my expectations of that for them are. And so you can do this at any point during the school year, um, but it is especially effective at the beginning of a year and especially if you're new to that school. But I would encourage you to do it at any point during the school year if you feel like this isn't, this, that your teachers fall into that 50% that aren't super clear on the expectations. And so going back again to that time when I handed out this piece of paper in August of 2012, setting the tone, um, and I said that the first thing that they could expect from me was integrity and honesty. And I talked about um, how I would set the example and that I would tell them the truth. And on a recent episode, I talked about the top five leadership mistakes that I made in my career. And one of them was letting my integrity slip. And I used to brag about being evasive and using administrator speak. Well, I just decided that um, I was going to continue a change that I had already made prior to arriving at this current school and that I was just going to tell them the truth. It's something that you're not always going to want to hear, but I'll be straight with you. 
And then the second was clear communication. So uh, that was something that maybe they was a frustration prior to um, me getting there. And so I just said, look, I'm going to listen. I'm going to try to understand and not interrupt. And I'm not listening with the intent to respond. So um, again, um, a frustration was that maybe when they were having a conversation that they didn't feel heard. Um, and one way to make sure that your teachers don't feel heard is if you interrupt them when they're talking to you, or if you are kind of listening, but you're really listening with the intent to respond. So clear communication. Um, I talked about consistency, about how I will back you up um, with parents. And if you assign a detention, um, or if you're experiencing parent pressure about grades, I will follow through on that. Um, sufficient notice when things change. So that was another frustration was that sometimes things happened where there would be a, a, a change in assembly or a shared space where there was a rehearsal or this or that, and there wasn't a lot of notice or good communication. And so I said, no surprises and just protect your teaching time and things of that nature. And then um, the last two that I talked about um, were just having autonomy with accountability. And that was huge. And I think that can be huge for your teachers as well. And um, I want to talk about this for just a moment. And this is more of a sidebar about expect taking a, a sidebar from talking about clear expectations. And I want to talk about micromanaging for a second. So autonomy with accountability means we're giving clear expectations to our teachers. And then we're not micromanaging them, but we're holding them accountable for fulfilling those expectations. So there is a lot of research to show that most employees, many employees, feel like they're being micromanaged by their supervisor. And I want to explain why this happens a lot of the time. So let's say it's a pediatric nurse that has many years as a pediatric nurse on that ward. And then that nurse is promoted to supervise the pediatric ward, but has never been trained in leadership that person maybe is not really high in emotional intelligence. They're probably good at working with people. As a nurse, they're interacting with parents and of the babies in the pediatric ward, but not trained in leading people. And so what they're most comfortable doing is pediatric care. And what often will happen is then that new pediatric ward supervisor nurse that was a pediatric nurse now micromanages the nurses and how they're caring for the babies and changing the diapers and all of the little things about care and forms and things like that, but not really leading. And so the point is, is that people who are promoted because they stuck around long enough and they, but then they weren't really trained in any kind of leadership training, then they tend to revert to what's comfortable and what's comfortable is the thing that they used to do. And so that's why you see some private school leaders who micromanage the teaching of what's going on in the classroom because they don't feel confident in their leadership, but they feel confident in being a teacher. And so then they're micromanaging that, but then they're avoiding a lot of the other things that are part of being a leader. So I'll get off my sidebar soapbox on that, um, but we need to not micromanage our employees. And one of the ways we can avoid that is providing autonomy with accountability. And then finally, when I wrapped up my list, it was about supervision and help and encouragement and just that I would be in their classroom with informal and formal observations and be a visible leader and give honest feedback. And 
I tend to have a coaching style of leadership in the first place. And so those were the things that I shared with them. But much more importantly, and to kind of then zoom back in on communicating clear expectations to our teachers are the things that then I said that I expected from them. So I said, I expect you to have excellent classroom management. Now, I could have just left it at that. Three words, excellent classroom management, and then let each teacher decide what does that mean for them. Well, what it means to me is that we're going to rehearse procedures until they become routines. We're going to have a do now on the board when kids walk into the room. We're going to be consistent. We're going to have a predictable mood. We're going to prioritize the emotional safety of our students. Um, so I broke it down. What does excellent classroom management mean? What does it look like? And in a, I'm coming up um, very soon, I'm doing a two-part episode on how to improve classroom management school-wide. Um, part one is going to be about procedures and routines and Harry K. Wong in a book called The First Days of School and just the thing that I've seen over my career be most effective with school-wide classroom management. And then part two is going to be about PBIS, Positive Behavior Intervention System. And uh, we'll, that'll be coming soon. So I just wanted to give you a little sneak peek on that. All right, so excellent classroom management. And then I said high expectations for students and self. And so I'm a big believer that setting high expectations in setting high expectations and then helping kids reach them and that we need to have high expectations for ourselves as well. And so I just kind of broke that down as far as what that means, because I think if we aim low, then kids are going to aim low. And so I don't think I'm telling you something that you don't already believe that you probably have very high expectations for yourself and for your students. You just need to communicate that to your teachers and make sure that they know what that means to you so that they can do that with their kids. Just a couple more and we'll wrap it up. I had professionalism on that list, so I could have just said professionalism. And you could just say that to your teachers too, but do they really know what that means? So I elaborated and said things like performing your work responsibilities with excellence, displaying integrity and respect, actually reading the family handbook and the, the employee handbook, and then following everything in the handbook is part of professionalism. Being where you're supposed to be on time with a good attitude is being a professional. Um, the way that you dress, the way that you communicate verbally and in written communication and email is being a professional. And so just to break it down so that specifically your teachers know exactly what you're talking about. Another thing, again, this is just, these are just examples that I'm pulling from something that I did so that hopefully it will get you thinking about what your teachers know, what they don't know about what you want from them. Um, a big one for me was timely communication with parents. So, you know, I explained what that looked like, clear and consistent, timely, meaning like don't let it fester for a week and then get back to the parent within 24 hours is the rule I'm sure at most of our schools. Um, proactive communication, a little bit of surprise and delight thrown in there. And so um, episodes two and 10 of this podcast delve deep into parent communication and strategies and 
all uh, a lot of different things that hopefully would be useful and helpful to you. Episode two actually has a plug and play PD that goes with it that you could use with your staff for professional development. It's a 45 minute webinar video along with guided notes and discussion questions. So episodes two and 10, and I'll link all that in the show notes at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 25. Just a couple more positive attitude um, and just to describe specifically like what that looked like from my perspective. uh, I talked a lot about a mindset shift um, as opposed to have to, to talk about get to uh, and about the way that we interact with the kids and then pride in being a middle school teacher at this school. And so I wanted to rebuild a positive culture, big on school spirit, um, setting the example for that optimism and um, being enthusiastic. And also I am the kind of person that sets the example when it comes to school spirit. So if we have a spirit day or a themed day, then I'm going all out on that so that the teachers and the kids see that you that that they can do that. And Nelson Mandela has a quote that says, when you let your light shine, you unconsciously give permission for others to let their light shine as well. So we want to set the example in all of these expectations, because if we're making them clear to our teachers of what we want them to do, then we certainly need to be doing that ourselves. So just to hit the big takeaways, clear expectations are very, very important. Well, why? Well, because according to Gallup, 50% of employees don't clearly, clearly know what their job responsibilities are. And we can continue to assume that our teachers know exactly what they're doing at all times, or we can take an honest assessment about whether or not our teachers are very clear on the expectations that we have for them. And here's the thing, and this is going to be a little uncomfortable. The best way to find that out is to ask them. So it might not be that you send a survey out to everybody, but maybe a couple of your veteran trusted teachers and you talk to them about that. And it also could be that your veteran teachers know what's expected of them because they've been there for a while. But what about your new teachers and your induction and your new teacher orientation and how well do we do with communicating clear expectations to them? So we want to develop clear expectations for ourselves and for our team. We want to communicate them clearly and then explain why these are important. And so I like to have a call to action in every episode. And your call to action today is to honestly assess whether or not your teachers have very clear expectations and to ask yourself, which 50% do my teachers fall into? And if they fall into the 50% that are kind of sure, but not totally sure, then we're going to do something about it. So let's wrap it up. I hope you got value from this episode. This podcast exists to help you thrive and not just survive as you serve and lead the students and teachers at your school. Don't forget about the free resource called the top six ways to protect your school from a lawsuit. And you can get that over at the slash lawsuit. I hope that you'll subscribe so that you don't miss an episode and a reminder to Get today's show notes at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 25. And a new episode comes out every week. And I'm on Instagram at the private school leader, on Twitter at the PS leader. And I ask you this every week, but I'd love for you to share this podcast with another leader at your school or perhaps an aspiring leader 
at your school. And I've been your host, Mark Minkus, and I just so much appreciate everyone that's been listening to the podcast and the feedback that I get and that you, I'm just so thankful that you took some time today to listen. And so I will see you next time here on the Private School Leader Podcast. And until then, always remember to serve first, lead second, and make a difference.